1: All right, welcome back to the Death lineup. It is not necessarily basketball season, but there are still tons of things to talk about uh, about the Warriors. Well, not tons. I wouldn't say tons. We're going to take a couple topics here. We'll stretch it out, and we'll also talk a little bit NBA stuff because I know Brian's heartbroken with one casualty of the NBA season already in Chet Holmgren, and we'll talk about that uh, in the next segment. Okay, so first things first here. You actually is a you and Ben uh, sent sent a text with this information and I had no idea what was going on until I did watch it. And I was thinking, why is Stephen A. Smith messing with our boy, 19 year old Jonathan Kaminga, young enough to be Stephen A's son. And he's talking about he's hearing some stuff about Kaminga. And we're going to play the clip in a second, but I want to get your thoughts on is this just a creation of the offseason and we need stuff to talk about? Have you heard anything else? Has Warriors Twitter or Warriors Reddit done any investigation here and shown any proof of information about why this may be true?
0: I haven't heard anything it kind of came out of the blue. So I do think it's like the lack of topics. It's the off season. There's not much to talk about, especially this past week before the chat stuff. And before this Pat Beverly trade, there's been really nothing. So except for the KD thing, but uh, yeah, I just, I just feel like there wasn't much to talk about, but at the same time, you know, Draymond did do this press conference. I don't know what the importance of it was, but it wasn't like the middle of the season or maybe towards the end of the season. And he just Mm -hmm. started going in depth about everything. And I do recall that he had mentioned that Kaminga was like showing up to practice late or something like that. There, there there was that, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll play the clip first, but I do think that J.K. has had, like... I, I, I don't know if he's like... Because I, I don't want to dig too deep or, or speculate too much, but I do feel like he doesn't understand the hierarchy that much. Mm-hmm. And I think his rookie season, he started to understand. But I remember when he first came in as a rookie. Again, this is speculation to another level. But he, like... I remember Clay Thompson posted a photo on Instagram of him in some car, some convertible. And Jonathan (laughs) Kamingo was like, Hey, you got to let me get in that thing. (laughs) Or like, you got to let me jump, jump in that, jump in the car. And he was like, hell no rookie. Like, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to play the clip here. Uh, I'm going to share the screen from Twitter. And it is the Twitter handle of talking. Underscore talking, underscore NBA. They have the clip. I think the clip comes from one of ESPN's social channels. So let's play it here and let's see what Stephen A. has to say.
2: To be significant, I'm worried about Kaminga. I'm hearing too many things about him off the court in terms of his head the level of discipline that he lacks. You understand mm-hmm. some of the foolishness. I'm not getting in this personal business. I'm mm. not saying nothing like that. Mm. I'm talking attitude. I'm not I... talking actions. I'm saying that attitude, the level of focus, commitment, determination, just putting your head down, doing the work. I'm hearing that he's shortchanging the Warriors in that regard. And he got to get his act together. Cause I'm a Jonathan Kaminga fan. You
1: didn't sound like a Jonathan Kaminga fan there, Stephen A. Uh, But okay. So, Watching it. Yeah, I've watched it a couple times. The one thing that's pretty clear is that maybe it's not clear. Maybe I could be reading things into this thinking that I know how players use the media. Let's say Andre Iguodala was a little unhappy with, I don't know, maybe Jonathan Kaminga's offseason regiment. Maybe... Maybe he's taken a little, maybe he believes that since he's a champion that, you know, I'm going to celebrate a little bit more. I'm not going to, you know, we'll, 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 we'll be ready. I'll be ready by training camp. But, you know, we we won the championship. It's time to celebrate. And again, I'm I'm just using Andre as an example. Could be a coach, could be somebody close to him. And they're saying, you know, I'm trying to get through to this guy. He needs to work harder, blah, 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 blah hmm, let me me talk to somebody, somebody who may talk to somebody, somebody, and then that information strategically gets to Stephen A. I don't know if that is the case, but that is the first thing that popped into my mind, is that somebody who is close to Kumingo who wants to maybe light a fire under his rear end because they know that he's got just such tremendous talent. They know that he's 19. He's probably on Twitter a lot. He's probably on TikTok a lot. He's probably seen the Facebook reel of this conversation more than a couple of different times. And so that was my immediate thought was somebody strategically placed this so that he knows that, you know, he he kind of needs to 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 maybe work a little harder during this off season. What do you think about that?
0: That makes sense. Um I I yeah, like I think that like the report came out of nowhere, right? But I don't think Stephen A just made this up. Yeah. I, th- I do think him. he got someone told him for sure, yeah. and and I wouldn't be surprised if it was like what you're saying. That would make sense to me. Light a fire under his butt. Um, I think that's what the Light Years guys were speculating too. That like did Steve Kerr or did Bob Myers say something to Stephen A. Yeah,
1: and it makes a whole lot of sense understanding how the current era of young players like the, again l- l- let's let's say what it is. He is 19 years old. Uh he has a lot of responsibility. He has a lot of money. He has he's going to be one of the uh three most important players for the Warriors. You know, once Steph Clay and, and, and Draymond kind of age up a little bit, he's like right there. He's gonna be next. And he, you know, he he is he he is only been in their system for this one year. Iguadala, Draymond, his vets. Um, you know that whole thing. I'm sure that they're probably telling him similar things. So, I, I I don't want to blow this thing out of proportion because I think it is a little bit strategic like that. And I hope that he does sort of get it right because let's see, is it when do they go to um Japan? Is it's like in like five weeks or something? Right? I think it's at the end of September. Yeah. So like so like five weeks, and they're already kicking up practice game preseason games again so training camp starts all that stuff and the season is just back it it feels like it barely ended and that's just how the NBA season works especially when your team goes uh, goes to the finals or deep into the playoffs so ultimately I am not worried about a conversation like this uh I, I was actually uh I was actually wondering do you th- like has he tweet because he's a tweeter, right? Like he's uh he's kind of a goofy retweet, you know, make a funny face, a funny emoticon, whatever, uh, jovial, young guy. And so I was just wondering if he's done any of that.
0: Well I think he i haven't really seen any tweets from him since he like threw a little subtweet at Jaw I think during the playoffs <laughs> so i I don't think i have I've really seen tweets. he's more of like an Instagram story guy, and got I don't it, know if it. I started paying attention to his Instagram stories more when this report came out, but I do know that like in the past week or two like I've been seeing a lot more in the gym photos from him there you go like like, like that that Instagram story where I sent you where he like told Igadala that he was ugly. Yeah, like he was in the M- uh, MBA PA, the Players Association. Okay. It looks like they have a facility, like a gym or something, okay. that he was just hooping in. So for, you know, he's KK. he's definitely he's definitely been in the gym a lot more. But I do want to kind of defend him a little bit, where I don't think I'm not defending this mentality, but I'm defending what he might be thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, I think if you look at his draft class, one of the the, the high heralded draft classes in the past, I don't know, five years. Um, you look at Cade, number one pick. He got the keys to his team. You look at Mobley, you look at Scotty, you look at uh Suggs, even even though he's been injured. But like a lot of these guys, Jalen Green, uh, Josh Giddy, they 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 get extensive run and they get they are the almost the faces of their franchises. Um so I just feel like maybe Kaminga's in this mindset that he thinks he's good enough, he thinks he's the best, and he thinks he should be getting more and more opportunities than he's getting. Um, I think that NBA players are, I mean, I think players have been knighted prior to them actually showing success in the NBA, but it was like very rare. You look at like LeBron, since I've been watching, you look at LeBron, you look at like Zion even, and I'm sure Shaq was knighted, and I'm sure a couple other guys were knighted before they got to the league. And now it just feels like a lot and a lot of guys are are getting that status before they enter the league. I, I, feel, I feel like Kaminga was in that group, I think like most of the players in that draft class were just, uh, you know, told they were the best before they even made it to the league. So I don't know if it's this younger mindset of uh, this next generation of, of players coming in where they all just expect to, to, to be the guy right when they get there. Um, And I'm not defending that mindset, but maybe that is what he's thinking.
1: No, I, I think you're right. And I think because the league it, it, one of the really good things about the NBA, but also it, there there is a detriment to it, is it is a league in which it just gets younger every year. I forget Jalen Rose used to have the number of how many players, he, he would say, players playing this season, X number of them will not be on an NBA roster next year because there are how many draft picks coming in and those guys are going to find teams. And then there's going to be undrafted free agents who find teams. So he was basically saying how there's just a, a wash of like, you know, 60 new players every season. So that means 60 players have to be out of the league to, to make room for for these players. And so they get younger every year. You have, you, you age out guys and you bring in 19 year olds. So there is this is going to be the norm i don't think we're going back to you know 2 years of college you know like they used to or back in the back in the back in the day 4 years of college but we're probably going to even get younger they're probably going to allow high school players to enter the draft at some point so it is paramount for these teams to be able to have a certain amount of vets so that they can you know that they can mentor or the coaching staff right keeping a coaching staff that is savvy enough to understand young players which is which is a really hard thing and for someone like Jonathan like you have to sell him on the idea like yes we know you want to play but this team is great your buddies are playing on poor teams that's why they are playing you're going to get more experience you're going to get better in this gym, in practice playing against Draymond, you know, they don't have, they don't have that. So someone's got to sell him that if that is the case, if he is hungry, like like you were saying, Uh, but he also has to show in the work. He has to show Steve Kerr. He has to show Bob Myers. He has to show his vets that he is willing to put in the work that they are putting in to earn his playing time because he 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 does not have the caveat of being the first player picked in the NBA draft, where you get a little bit of cushion for for being that. Uh, mm. You mentioned Zion, right? We're still dealing with the cushion that Zion received because uh, he keeps getting hurt and he can't keep his weight down. Whatever whatever it may be with him, I hope that he comes back because I think he's he's awesome to watch. But yeah, that that's he's going to have to realize that, and I hope you know. Ultimately, I think the Warriors are a franchise that understands how to deal with this stuff. They are a veteran-laden franchise. But in order to win as many titles as they did, they had to sell some of these younger guys, like a Pat McCaw back in the day, Jordan Bell, who then probably got a big head and kind of played himself out of the system, right?
0: Well, I feel like we have two recent examples of buying in or not buying in with uh, Kelly Oubre and Jordan Poole. Like, Kelly Oubre didn't buy in and Jordan Poole, I feel like temporarily, like I think he bought in, but it could be temporary, you know, maybe. I still think he has like that uh, mentality that he is really like that guy can go onto to a different team and drop yeah. 28 a game, you know. I just think what's similar with all three of those players. Kaminga more likely to follow the Jordan Poole route because Kelly Oubre was kind of the player he was already when the Warriors got him, where Poole and Kaminga, you draft them young, you can mold them into a, 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 the type of, I don't know, player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that, all three of them are similar in the sense that all, I think all three of them would love to have their face on a magazine every day. You know, I I think they, I think they like being in the, in the, in the starlight and, and being seen by, by the crowd and being, you know, that, that, that type of mentality. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's similar in that regard.
1: Okay. Let, 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 we're going to come back to the Warriors here, but I want to talk about some of the NBA news. We kind of teased it up front. Chet Holmgren uh he was what number two pick in the nba draft this year Mm -hmm. right right behind paolo um, paolo and he got hurt was it in the pro-am
0: game it looked like it i was watching that pro-am game and i kind of turned my head in the beginning and then i looked back and i was like where the hell is chet Holmgren?" like he was advertised for this um and it looks like i watched the play and what happened and it looks like I didn't even see they're saying LeBron stepped on him. I didn't see it. It just looked like he was trying to stop a fast break of a freight train that LeBron is. I personally would have gotten out of the way. <laughs> what is LeBron he, he doing tried to, playing in pro-am games, by the way? I don't know. He's just getting his face showing. I actually don't really know what he's up to. Maybe he just is. He, he
1: didn't make the playoffs. He's been not playing basketball for a while. I know, but he's also going to end up having the most minutes played in an entire career. Like if I was him, I'd kind of <laughs> savor those moments, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't know. All right, but okay, so what is this? How does this affect the well you I, I guess you've been following the young players? That's kind of your angle. You like watching the young guys. He was one of the guys on your radar. You were you were gonna watch a lot of Chet or as much as possible. Uh is this kind of a, a, a big blow? I think it's a big blow to the NBA. Now they will wait for Chet. Chet's still a very young man. And next year he'll be a little bit stronger. This is kind of like a, this is almost like a red shirt year for him. Mm-hmm. But I guess my worry is the feet thing, like with big men, that's not great. You know, yeah. having jacked up feet. Um, I, I, I worry about that. I worry about his uh, ability to, because uh, one of the things that makes him so, so unique is his, his, his uh, ability to play like a small man and a big man. And, with feet injuries, you know, maybe if he just gets a, a tick less of athleticism, that that could hurt him. So that that's kind of the things that I'm worried about. But, you know, what 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 are what, what are you I guess what is your frustration or, or your mentality around him missing this season?
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's a blow to Chet, it's a blow to the NBA and it's a blow to the Thunder organization that he's gonna be missing this entire year. Uh I was floating him for rookie of the year with like Keegan Murray and uh Paolo Banquero because you put I put thought- your money on that man.
1: Put my money on what? Uh, on those odds, you got you got to put your money out. You're 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 throwing it out there. You're floating it out there. You could, just like Draymond says, you got to stand on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not new media, <laughs> um, but I, I think that
0: I think you had mentioned it, and I've seen multiple NBA analysts mention it. But like the narrative on his frame, on how he can't like hang in there with the big guys and like the really strong guys, like that's just gonna that's just going to take a leap for as long as he's out for. It's just yeah. going to, you know, until he gets back there and is able to prove that he's either that or not that, you know, that's just, we're, that's all
1: we're going to hear for a while. I uh, I would treat it like a red shirt year though. Right. When, when, uh, players go to college and, and maybe they need a little bit of maturing body wise, you know, they, they will get red shirted so that they could spend a yeah. whole year in the gym learning, the system and everything and and maybe he does gain a little bit of size, but you never know because does that hurt him, or does that help him if he if he's a little more muscular, if he has a little more weight on him, we don't know because he is that unique mm-hmm.
0: and I mean, it's not um it's not that that it is kind of rare, but players high regarded players rookies missing their first season um entirely. Disregarding the specific injury, like you look back, and Joel Embiid missed his first year. Blake Griffin missed his first year. I'm kind of forgetting recently who's missed their first year. Uh, ben did Ben Simmons miss his first year? I don't remember. Uh, but uh, I think he did. I, I th- he think he missed so some too. time for sure. So I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, maybe you know he he can he can bounce back. But I just think that teams like the Thunder and teams like Detroit and teams like Orlando are like one piece away from just like getting one piece and then just saying, okay, we're done with the rebuild. Let's just roll with what we got for a while. Mm -hmm. And I think this kind of like delays that for the Thunder or pushes that timeline back maybe one more year. Uh, And I think they've already been in this rebuild for a while. They traded, they did the SGA trade Mm -hmm. for uh, Paul George and they had that good year with CP. But ever since then, it's kind of just been like, we're just going to tank as much as possible and... You know, they have all these picks lined up until forever. Like, they have so, 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 so many draft picks. Yeah. So, technically, like, they are fine. The Thunder organization is fine. But if you wanted to, like, I just felt like they were in that window where they just needed one more player next year, you know, in the draft, top 10 pick, and they had their guys. Um, and I, I think that Chet would have really benefited from having this year as, like, the last deve- the developmental year, not last, but like a developmental year before they, they, they went for it not necessarily a title that they will go for but you know they go for like okay now let's try to compete to get into the play-in and okay we missed our shot you know like any like almost like the Warriors did where they um those years leading up and then they went to the playoffs lost to the Clippers and then went to the playoffs lost to the Spurs and you know like that kind of grind and I thought that the Thunder were one year away from at least trying it
1: yeah, I think they. I'm sure they have a plan. I'm sure Presti and and team ha, has a plan for what they're what they're going to do or what they can um, do for him. Uh, I, I wonder what does that mean for their current crew. Does that mean it's like uh, the uh, the SGA? And, does Giddy get a little bit more out of this now that he now that they have one less guy who they're going to really. Put on the court. I wonder if he becomes a little bit more uh, of of the guy at the forefront of the offense. Uh, I wonder if he's enhanced. Like if you're if you're on a fantasy team, does Giddy's stock go up now that Holmgren is? I don't think not so. Playing? I think Giddy like his main um, trait to to what he does well
0: is playmaking, you know, and that you just took away a good lob threat, a good guy to rack his assist numbers up. So I don't necessarily think he like gets better, but I think he's going into year two, had a pretty good summer league. He looked like the best player on the court for a couple of those games that he shouldn't have been playing. Um, and, and I think he'll just get better with, with year two. I don't know. I like Giddy, but I feel like he's really bad at the two things that are almost the most important in today's game, which is a three ball and defense. Defense. And he's, he's not that. he's like pretty bad at both of them. So I'm wondering how he'll
1: develop. I mean, Luca developed, right? That was kind Luka. of Luca's. Can he not shoot? Can Luca not shoot? I mean, he's still not a great shooter. Like he's not a volume great shooter. He's he, he gets hot and he and he and he. But he also takes really hard shots. But yeah, you know, he I'm he he was better, but that wasn't his main scoring.
2: That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan. Even if you live far away. Almost as bad as as me saying uh, J. Michael Green on one of the other shows.
0: (laughs) Wait, how did I say it? Organization? Organization.
1: You you, you keep saying organization. It's like a Canadian way of saying it. Oh, sorry. All right. Another piece of news before we bounce back to the Warriors. Who made this? (laughs) What's going on here? Oh, man. Pat Bev gets traded. To the Los Angeles Lakers. What was it? Who was in this trade? I don't even know who was in the trade. It was uh, Taylor
0: Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. To the, to, to the Timberwolves. To the, no, no. no. Uh, Pat Bev was in that trade to get Gobert. So oh, Pat Bev that's went right. to Utah. To the, to Utah. Okay, and that the makes thought sense. was that Utah would buy him out and he'd be a free agent, but it looks like they got a trade done where they get THT and Stanley Johnson. I think Utah is just Danny Ainge, ever since he took over, has just been swindling these teams
1: <laughs> well okay so you like tht as a player better than beverly for, for no, this, well like, this
0: i team? i just think that i just think that tht has a little bit of value i kind of like stanley johnson i'd be interested to see if like the warriors can get Stanley. we johnson. saw this dude in the g league last year didn't we we did and so, i just i think he's a good defensive player and if it looked like he's been he's been working on his on his three ball this year or this offseason i'd be interested
1: uh so okay Question about why the Lakers went for Pat Beverly. I, I to me, the only reason if you're if you're the Lakers organization, the only reason you go after Pat Bev is because you can throw somebody at Steph. That's like the whole thing to me. And maybe it's not just Steph, maybe it is lead guards because R- Russ gets a lot of run. Uh, and maybe maybe not. Maybe he's he's on his way out some way somehow. I don't know how he's he's. They have so much. Uh, he he costs so much money, but ultimately, you know, you're playing the Warriors x number of times, including opening day. You know, Pat Bev is an instigator. You know, he gets on people's nerves. He was a, a nice piece for for Minnesota. I think he really helped Minnesota, especially in that series against the Grizzlies, just his confidence, maybe overly confident, but he, he helped those guys believe in themselves. And they, you know, we talked about this last week, the Grizzlies were either the best or the second best team. The Warriors played all playoffs and Minnesota took them to seven games in the first round. And some of that was Pat Bev. I, I, Pat Bev also has a lot of holes in his game. He, he can, Shoot a little bit too much. He, he can think that he gets a little too hot. Um, but I I, mean, I think it's valuable for for the Lakers if the Lakers are going to be a good team with uh, Anthony Davis coming back and always with LeBron. I mean, you you read off what their crunch time uh, five was supposed to be and it was really bad. You add Pat Bev to that crunch time five and it does look a little bit better. I think. And well, he probably gets the. It's probably him,
0: LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves, and JTA,
1: like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so, you know, I, I like the move, but it is a bet on the Lakers being fully healthy because if AD goes down, if LeBron gets hurt, if they are a 500 team, he's he's a trade piece. He's not a guy that you're going to kind of stay. I don't know what his contract is like, but uh, but to to bother Steph a few times a game, to frustrate Steph, to kind of be an annoyance to Steph, and they also, they don't have anybody else to guard Steph. Um mm-hmm. you know, the, the Alex Caruso would have been a guy you could throw at Steph, but they they uh he he left, so uh, I think that's I think that's the main reason.
0: Yeah, um I like Pat Bev. I also wanted him a little bit for the Warriors, I remember we were talking yeah, about that. Yeah, they probably couldn't afford him though, right? Probably not. And I think he has either one more year left on his deal. I, I should have looked this up beforehand, but I think I like Pat Bev. I just don't know. I just don't think a Pat Bev in any starting lineup is like really like a contending team. I don't know if he'll start. I guess I don't know if you could do Pat Bev and Russ starting together. I'm just so confused with this team. Honestly, like uh, the, the the team that I've heard that's been rumored for Russ now that the whole Brooklyn thing's done mm-hmm. is Indiana. Because I think Indiana has Cap room, and I've been hearing Buddy healed and Miles Turner. I just don't know why Indiana would do it. Like Russ makes the, would make the most money they've probably ever had under contract ever in Indiana's team. Uh, he, Russ still makes more than LeBron. He's at like 47 million or something like that. Like it's, it's on an expiring deal, but I, I feel like the only reason you would ever think to do it is to one, sell some tickets and two, Maybe have some kind of veteran presence for Tyrese Halliburton and Ben Matherin, but is it, it a good it, presence or a bad presence though? I think it's a bad presence in I don't think it's I think it's a good presence maybe to have in the locker room, but a bad
1: presence to have on the court. You know where I it's a good presence is uh the, the the fashion before the game. Oh yeah, everyone's fashion fits are going, game going up yeah. in Indiana. Yeah. And Russ becomes your de facto like uh Clothing guy who you ask quite Should I ride this? He's like, Nope. Yeah. Nope. I have Russ goes to Indiana. I think Lance
0: Stevens is still on that team. I think I need them both on the court. The <laughs> That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, um, yeah. No, but... I, I think uh, you might be like, I just look at that. I think by the way, Pat Bev, this is his last year with 13 million, which is why the Warriors wouldn't be able to afford him. Okay. Next year. Let's get him. If if he's on on a minimum of some sort, then, you know, maybe they, they could get him. But he's also he, he's also on the uh, other side of it age wise. He's 34 this year.
0: And that that's the criticism with the Lakers, right? Last year, it was like, why are they they need to get younger? They're almost like this year's Giants. They just have so many old guys that just keep getting hurt. And with age comes, you know, their bodies like deteriorating. So, I mean, they had what Mela last season they had Dwight Howard. Then they have like Trevor Ariza and DeAndre Jordan at some point. Like they just had all these old guys that they were relying on. And it's like, okay, let's get younger. Let's get more athletic. Oh, hi, Juan Toscano-Anderson. <laughs> and uh, and then you get. I think they also got Lonnie Walker Jr. I don't know how big I am on that signing, but then you go back to old with Pat Bev. Although I do think Pat Bev's good. I just think that, you know, what I said about the Warriors getting Jamichael Green. He kind of had a down year last year because he was expected to do too much. Um, I think they relied on him too much due to Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray being out. Uh, I think that it could be a similar thing with Pat Bev. I think Pat Bev should be the sixth or seventh best player on your team, or six or six to eight best player that you rely on. Where I think it's just going to be higher on the Lakers, and I don't know how well that's going to go. Yeah, I mean, on this current Warriors team, he would
1: probably be like ninth or something, yeah. right? And he'd be so good for us in that ninth spot. Yeah, especially as a, as a ball handler, maybe side-by-side side with Jordan Poole or mm-hmm. he could help he could help offset Jordan Poole's uh, defense and he'd probably get a little bit of run in the playoffs too just because he's got that he would I think bulldog would. mentality yeah all right let's talk about Andre Iguodala we listened to uh, point forward with him and your boy E.T. Evan Turner and his uh, Muppet voice I'm starting to like et. Sure. E. I'm I'm starting to like et a lot more than than I did in in the <laughs> beginning. I, I think I just needed to get used to his voice. I think that's this just what it was like. I just was not used to that high pitched, nasally voice. But now, I kind of like it. It's it's unique, and him and Andre seem to have a really good relationship. So it's kind of a fun listen. You're listening to like friends, you yeah. know, talk about the NBA, which is cool.
0: I feel like that's a voice you. Like, if you met ET, like, you'd remember that voice. And oh, I bring yeah. that up I bring that up because my buddy Alex Malone played against or with Evan Turner because I think he was playing for Evan Turner's, like, AAU team. You know, okay. sometimes players sponsor, like, AAU yeah. team or something like that. And I think he played for Evan Turner's AAU team or Evan Turner. I forget the whole situation, how it went down. But when he was younger in high school, they played, and Evan Turner joined them on their pickup run. And it, I, Alex never told me anything about the guy's voice. Like I would have immediately said something about that. Like this guy's voice is different. Maybe on the mic, <laughs>
1: maybe the microphone just accentuates it or something. Yeah. Maybe he has like some accidental like pitch on the, on the, <laughs> on the device, by the way, Alex Malone on, on the PlayStation network uh, at no big no. dangly meat. Oh God. <laughs> All right. Um. So the, the main reason I wanted to bring up Andre is because a few weeks ago, We were listening to this podcast and me, you and Ben Cruz were in our chat and we're saying they keep Andre keeps talking like he's still a part of the Warriors in the way that they because they talk about the Warriors a lot. They have guests related to the Warriors a lot. And last week's show, there was a little bit of distance in the the way that he talked about the Warriors. Now, I know he got called out on it. Uh, there was some Twitter stuff going on where he had to retweet something. But do you think that is Andre not wanting to show his cards? Do you think he's decided yet? Uh, do you think he is trying to keep everyone sort of in suspense because he likes to, uh, you know, he he's not going to be pressured be into decisions? Yeah, she, you know, he's he's. Uh, what did I call him? Uh, I, uh, he reminds me of the abstract, like Q-tip. Like he, like he, he's not your normal interview. He's not somebody who's going to say the same thing that other players say in the interview. Like he's just a really smart guy. So, do you think that that is the case, or do you think that maybe, per, like, he's moved on? Because there, there is something in there too. Because he's like this podcast and the things that he talks about in the podcast like like how does he do all of this and play in the NBA? That's the exactly what
0: I was thinking. That is exactly what I was thinking. I feel like when you listen to that podcast, you could hear him get like excited about thinking about like that Christmas Day matchup with yeah. the Warriors in Memphis, but then you hear him talk about all this stuff that he's been getting into, the venture capitalist stuff, the Bitcoin stuff. He's so pumped in, about talking about that. So I feel like as a Warriors fan, like I I'm spoiled and I want him to come back cuz I know how good he'd be not only on the court but not as much on the court I don't know Mm. but mainly off the court is where I I think he would be so great but like also as someone who wants to see a guy that has helped the franchise you love just like I don't know be himself and and have success after basketball like I think he should not come back I just think that he's so interested in that stuff and I and I feel like when I get interested about something like I want to go all in too so I think that he should um do the venture capitalist and like his like you said like how does he have time for this like you, he's definitely just like on off days or in the off season or just like diving into this stuff whether it's podcasts whether it's reading books like he's definitely super interested in this mm-hmm. but I feel like you could hear that like when he's doing his podcast you could almost hear like the decision making in his head or the contrast when he gets so excited about the upcoming season but then he like dials it back and then he gets so excited about the venture capitalist stuff um, but yeah I, I think he's still weighing it. I think I think he's still weighing it and not showing his cards. But it wouldn't be I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me tomorrow if we heard it, like he
1: just announced that he's not coming back. Yeah, I think he'd have to be very definitive that he's done because I think the Andre Iguodala brand is definitely enhanced by him still being on an NBA team, and maybe even more so on the Warriors. being on the Warriors next to Steph Curry and next to Draymond and next to Clay that accentuates his brand. Being a part of a championship team, being a part of a team that's going to be in the playoffs, like that's also kind of what he is selling. Uh, and so, I, I think if he decides that he's not going to play, he's got to be pretty adamant that he's okay with being Andre Iguodala, ex-champion or ex-warrior, or ex-basketball player, uh, and and that that would that, I mean maybe it won't won't be a hit. Maybe he's famous enough as as a player that it doesn't hurt him. But I kind of wonder now here's sort of like the plan C, which is okay. Andre stay in shape and come January. Um, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to keep a roster space open for you and just take all of the pounding that you would have put on your body and we're going to just leave it in the ether and you're, mm. you're not coming back until January, February for the stretch run. When, when we they needed. do that with, with Bogut recently, who did they do that with? Didn't Bogut come back in like, in like the last KD year. Yeah, he, but I think some of that stuff was injuries with him. Like it was uncertain whether he could still play and then he had mm-hmm. to work out. But I feel like this has happened before. Um, you you kind of, uh, I sort of thought about it. Like remember when uh, Tom Brady got suspended for like six games and like to some extent, as long as the Patriots were competitive, They were going to be fine because then he's coming back and he's he's not going to be taking that pounding that he may have taken uh, previously. So I I sort of see it that way. Like I would be totally fine if they play that with him. If like, look, you want to do this other stuff, just stay in shape, just be around the team, go do your stuff for three months. And then, you know, come Christmas time now, now it's basketball time. Now it's focus time. And uh and you come back and you run with us and, and let's go chase another championship. I, I would I would love to see something like that. I think it's doable too. Yeah. And I do think that like you said, like yeah, maybe his brand
0: is more accelerated because he plays uh when he plays professional basketball and he plays with Steph and he plays on the Warriors, you've seen in the more national spotlight. Um but I, I think there's also a little bit where like these these aging stars or just aging NBA players, they don't want to hang it up mm-hmm. because like there were, I don't know how the true, the reports are, but you know, Tom Brady retiring and then maybe he he missed football, like hanging out with his family over the summer Yeah, (laughs) and he wanted to come back. Like, I'm sure that's like with different players. I don't know if that's true with him, but I'm sure that's happened where these guys were like retire or contemplate retiring and then be like, ah, you know, I've done my, I've done this my whole life. I don't know how to do anything else. And they Mm -hmm. just want to come back. And and I,
1: and I told you I've had that conversation with his wife that random time when Prakash and I were at the game and, and we mm-hmm. ran into his wife, we didn't go even go back to watch the rest of the game. I think it was against Timberwolves by the, way. the Warriors were killing them. So we didn't go back. <laughs> I think it was the last KD year, uh, but we were just talking to her and she was, she was bringing that up. She was like, yeah, you know, this is a, this is a thing that we are very aware that happens to ex NBA players. And, you know, we want to make sure that, that this doesn't happen. And we're, you know, it's it, but they, they're just aware of it. Like when you retire, everything goes away. Right. Mm-hmm. And and you have to be mentally, you have to be ready for it. And you have to have the sort of the plan to move on. Now, Andre's got the plan to move on. He's going to have so many things to do. He's he it looks like he's got that part like that. That is stable. And that is the, the blueprint. It's just the whole, you know, where else are you going to go? into an arena and have 15 to 20,000 people react to something that you do. That's got to be exactly, like, just yeah. like a, like a drug. So.
0: And I think there's like a, um, a part of it where when you retire, I think some players can retire knowing that they could still do it, knowing that they could retire, not necessarily on top, but but still being able to get a contract wherever you want to get a contract. Um, but I feel like some players also, can't do that. Like they, if they still think they have it in them, they still, then they'll regret not trying yeah. to play still. So I'm just wondering what category he's going to fall into.
1: And the, and the other thing is it sounds like he's invested very well and that is not a worry. And with some players that might be a worry, right? Where, you know, you do need to eke out that last deal because of whatever. Um, all right. Let, let's, let's go to the last thing on our list of things to talk about. We're going back to this young man. Jonathan Kaminga, we've been doing this series of conversations about guys who are young and what we expect from them. We talked Wiseman. We talked Moody last year. And this is a little bit of a, this is a, uh, sorry, last week. This is a little bit of a wild card because he can be so inconsistent. But uh I'll start with you. What do you expect from Jonathan Kaminga in this upcoming twenty-two, twenty-three season? Oh god, I I don't wanna I don't wanna say it, but
0: he, he needs he I guess he needs to be a role player. <laughs> like he just needs to I, I, I guess he just needs to like Like almost like why what we said about Wiseman. He's just gonna rim run and and play defense, right? Like unless he's working on something else in the offseason, I feel like he's a player that we well, I guess we haven't seen him have the opportunity to, you know, have the keys of the offense to a team. And I'd be interested to see what his game looks like if he were to get that. I don't think it would look that pretty. I still feel like he's really unpolished when it comes to offense and defense. Like he's really just a good Kind of like with with uh, what Clay did when Mark Jackson was just finally like, okay, just go guard the ball. You know, I feel like that's kind of Jonathan Kaminga. It's like just go guard the ball. I don't think he's that good at off re- off ball reads. He's more like an on ball defender. I just feel like a lot of his games so on still. You know, I don't know where he's gonna get his buckets. Off a of self creation, we saw it in the summer league where he could just like if if the shot's not on and he has to be the main focal point of an offense, it's gonna suck. He's just gonna force up shots and get mad at himself. Uh, so I'm just wondering like if he's working on anything in the off season, whether it's incorporating some kind of mid range, I don't know, trying out the three ball a little more. But I mean, if it's the same as last year, it really is like GP two dunker spot, play defense. Like that's really it. Um, but obviously, you hope that he's he's working on something, and I think I. I didn't necessarily compare him to Kawhi once, but I feel like he's kind of mechanical. Like, he doesn't look the most fluid. You know how some players have that, like, I don't know what the word is, but like fluidity and swag when Mm -hmm. it comes to, like, their hesitation moves and stuff like that. I feel like he's kind of like Kawhi, where it almost looks a little robotic. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. What the hell did Kawhi do to (laughs) to make it work? Like, did he have all that going into the jump? I can't totally remember, but I feel like he's got to, he's got to, Kaminga's got to work his way out. I don't think he should just be a three-ball and dunker, I think he should work his way out a little more, like three uh, dunker, and now he's going to you know the mid range a little bit. So I just think he needs more levels to his scoring. Um, and this is not necessarily
1: projecting his. We're supposed to just say what we expect from him next season, but do I you sense? Like... Do you sense that he's going to be the second guy off the bench, the third guy off the bench, the fourth guy off the bench? Because any further away then fourth guy off the bench, he's going to get some DNPs. Yeah. Um,
0: I, feel like, I feel like he should earn that. Like, I feel like he kind of did earn that last year a little bit. with. Uh, but then again, he's a rookie. So I don't know. They, they, got some, they got some vets who I feel like maybe should come off the bench before him. And you know how Looney's rotation works. Looney's probably going to be the first one subbed out. So I guess Wiseman is technically the sixth man. And then you have Poole ahead of him. And then you have Jermichael Green potentially ahead of him. I think Jermichael Green should... Put- maybe be ahead of him um and Dante DiVincenzo too like and maybe even Moses Moody I don't I just think that specifically with the Warriors which is unique I think there's just going to be so many developmental opportunities where all the rookies will just get to have a game together and I think that'll happen like seven times again still because so I just think it's unique that the that that's available so I don't I don't think he'll be the second one off the bench no and if he does it's it's what he's earned throughout this upcoming season. like To start the season, no. I don't think he'll be the second one off the bench.
1: I mean, he's got a great like, example right in front of him of a young player who was kind of... And, and Jonathan Kaminga is not in the doghouse, but a player who was in the doghouse was Jordan Poole. And how he worked his way out of it is a great example for Kaminga because Jordan Poole uh, came out uh, as a 19-year-old as well. And I think if Kaminga... We'll we'll see what kind of competitiveness is, is in Kaminga because th- I I don't sense outside of the developmental minutes that you're talking about, I don't sense that much is going to be different from last year. And Moses Moody might jump over him for for those minutes. Um so that that's gonna be something that he's gonna have to. I get you mentioned earn it, but I wonder how that's going to sit with him if that happens. And I would love to see what his competitiveness is as far as winning a spot or earning mm-hmm. minutes or playing big time minutes late in games because they need some athleticism. That was what they were lacking almost entirely last year was athleticism, and Wiseman and him, and to a lesser extent Moody. Uh, bring that to the table so so that will be there but also with Wiseman you know Wiseman is going to push him back as well like I I don't think Mm -hmm. people people are kind of forgetting that Wiseman is going to have to play and so putting Wiseman whether he's your sixth man or your seventh man that pushes everyone back Uh, and we'll see how that works so I want to see I, I expect I kind of expect the same amount of minutes in in real games uh, as last year, and I think it's going to be a fight between him, Wiseman, and Moody, and who is playing the best to earn real minutes late in games because the Warriors will need one of those three guys, especially. Uh, it, at, we, we don't know what this version of Draymond is going to look like athletically. You know, we'll see what happens with Clay. The, the year removed from his injury uh, with with Looney, you know, Looney has has had his 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 injury problems, too. So all of that stuff is sort of unaccounted for and we don't know. But I do think that uh, Wiseman right now is ahead of him. And who, I, I, I would imagine Moody gives them a little bit more than what Kaminga does to how they play as we saw during the playoffs when who played in that series uh, against Dallas, they they did choose Moody. So it's going to be fun to see. I I can't wait to see these young players battling for minutes and and how they, uh, how how they grow and and mature, but there is something called the sophomore jinx. And that is also kind of what I thought about when we, we watched uh, Stephen A's little clip from earlier. So. Is, I bet uh, it's going to be like, I'm
0: wondering how he's going to take it attitude wise that like, you know, when you work a year at a company, I feel like, I don't know if you expect a promotion or if you expect a raise, but like, I feel like you expect a little something and I don't mm-hmm. know if you had, a, if you did good at your job that whole year and Kaminga's essentially just getting, all right, do it over again. It's, it's going to be the same old, you know, you're probably in the same spot in the rotation, maybe same minutes. So I, I, I'm wondering how he's going to take that, especially being the seventh pick in a really, High heralded draft,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure, all right, so uh, what do you have on tap for the for the bam this week
0: uh football's recording right now, so I'll get that out tomorrow, uh, basketball we're recording on Sunday, so yeah, it's just we're just in a three man rotation with all three sports uh i actually i I don't know if I can confirm I got um I got I got a guest for for I believe next week, so I'll have to see if that's 24.
1: who did you have on your basketball podcast recently.
0: We had uh, a Twitter user named NBA underscore University. Uh, they this person I started following them I think like around when the playoffs started, and he had like two thousand followers maybe, and now he's at like twenty k. Like he's just jumping crazily, and what is Twitter he doing followers. right and that we can copy? <laughs> <laughs> I. I I talked to him and he was saying, so he uses these advanced analytic platforms, like second spectrum, where you hear like these like weird percentages where it's like, oh, what's Steph Curry's three point percentage when someone's two feet away from him, when someone's five feet away, like that, like those kind of platforms that he uses. And he uses these graphs from one called B-Ball Index, which has all the players faces and you have your X axis and your Y axis. And uh, so I just feel like he's just been putting out that kind of information and he's just been saying, "What do you guys think?" And then under, he'll give a little bit of his takes. But I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> to because if, if I think he's just like using these these graphics from these different p- platforms and just posting out for people's interpretation. Like, pretty not necessarily I mean, it's pretty smart. Take.
1: That information yeah. is not easy to get. No, not and, at all. And you can use it for your own arguments, and and I'm sure that stuff gets shared around a lot. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Uh, and uh, so I think. Let me think about this here. So, Brad and I will be back on Tuesday, I think, of this week. We still got to talk that out. I have uh, uh, something to do on Monday, our normal recording slot. Uh, I believe the Red and Gold Standard are going to be back with their recap of the game that's going on right now. Uh, Very soon, they'll be back with that. The Niners and Texans. Um, I don't know, just uh, just kind of looking off to the side. It looks like the Niners are in third and long just constantly. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then me and uh, my buddy Roderick, uh, we're going to bring the We Want Winners live stream to this feed. So if you're watching Facebook or YouTube, we're going to do some live streams post-game shows after 49er games. We may not be able to do every single one just because of life. But we're going to try and do that. And I think this is going to be like a seasonal thing. Like, I don't think Rod and I are going to do a 52-week thing like you and I uh, do with this Warriors thing. I think it'll be more just during in-season because we already have a, a 49ers podcast. But, uh, yeah, for, for the for the live stream effect, like, we're going to test all that stuff out. And that's going to be coming soon. We couldn't do it during the preseason because there's only three games during the preseason. So we wanted to test it out, but it, I just couldn't get all the graphic work and stuff done for it. But uh, we'll we're, we'll definitely be uh, after opening weekend for sure. So that's in a couple weeks. Uh, all right. So for Bri, I am a Double G. We will see you next week. Peace out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger